It is the Anfield Wrap in association with Access Sport. Uh, we talked last week at the start of the show about Access Sport and its many different types of courses that they do offer, and one of them being around sports media. And uh, there will be an open day coming up uh, on the 13th of April at the Stephen Gerrard Academy uh, for students who may well be interested in uh, a course that looks at both themselves as an athlete and simultaneously is able to look into their role as it could be in sports media. Uh, we're looking at a diverse student group. Uh, it'll be a two-year BTEC L3 course. Uh, that's the information that I have here. The open day is the 13th of April. Uh, and if people are interested and want to be part of it, we will be sharing stuff across the Anfield Wrap and across the Access Sports offering right away across the country with 17 different locations. Uh, there'll be other sports media courses happening. So it's the 13th of April for the Stephen Gerrard Academy. We'll tweet on more about that. If you are interested in any aspect of what we've talked about around Access Sport, it is accesssport.ac.uk forward slash TAW to sign up. That open day is the 13th of April. Uh, it will be good to see as many people there as possible who may have an interest in a 16 or to 18 year old looking to get a role in sports media. It is the Anfield app, as I said. I've got Lizzie Doyle, I've got Phil Blundell, I've got Rob Gunn. Here, uh, Bournemouth one, Liverpool nil. Phil, it hasn't got any less miserable. No, certainly hasn't. It was. There's been games this season where you've sort of been able to go, yeah. Well, if this had happened or this had happened, but we've ultimately gone to Bournemouth, created very little. Like we play well first twenty. Genuinely, so we create very little. Seventeenth well. minute onwards, we create very. But little But even then, indeed. the goalkeeper wasn't under any threat. No, there was the, obviously there was the one. We cleared, we have one cleared off the line, but it's from a corner, which doesn't really feel like a you know, you're setting the team up to play a certain way. It's not a chance that you've created because of what you've done. And everything else was just a bit like like what are we doing. Like the thing that I thought interesting is the team, in terms of we go in with the midfield of Elliot and Bachetic, they were leaving someone who's six foot three back at corners. Six foot three. Now, if you're leaving six foot someone who's that big back at corners, that means your team is massive. And we're trying to go into a position where if you're going away from home in the Premier League, you might be able to out-football a team. But if you don't out-football them from the off consistently, you're going to have to have a battle. And that wasn't a midfield that was having a having a battle. And that was the problem that after, after they'd realised that we weren't necessarily going to hurt them, which I don't think we did for the first 20, they came into it a bit more. They realised they could gamble a bit more. They realised they could have a go and maybe just have a bit of a scrap and bed in and just out battlers and that was the problem for me it wasn't that we just created chances and missed them which you can sort of excuse and go well okay fair enough it's one of those days it wasn't one of those days it was just abject it wasn't one of those days Lizzie not least because there's been so many of them um, across the course of the campaign we'll get on to the penalty miss it does feel sort of defining but it lets Liverpool off the hook to an extent we just haven't got to grips with it all season that it's Bournemouth's biggest home game of the season. We can have any view we want on whether or not Manchester City should be bigger or Arsenal should be bigger, but Liverpool is the biggest home game of the season. It's Nottingham Forest's biggest home game of the season. In a few weeks' time, it'll be Leeds's second biggest home game of the season. We'll allow that Manchester United is a bigger home game, but Liverpool's record on the uh, away from home uh, against this this generic bottom ten. I still don't really know what the plan is, and as Phil says, they're just allowing themselves to be eaten up. It's absolutely shocking, um, and. I think I'm just like really disappointed because I feel like I've, I've bounced back um, from a couple of the, de- the defeats and the draws earlier on in the season because I just kind of accepted where we were. And then we've had this bit of a run that we've put together recently and then we, we come off the back of Barcelona and Man United 7-0. And I jokingly said, coming out the ground, I went, oh, watch now. Be nil. I said, nil-nil. I was, I was optimistic. I said, watch, <laughs> it'll be nil-nil at Bournemouth. And, and I said it a little bit, like, in jest, but there was part of me that I was being deadly serious because half-twelve kick-off as well. Like, so what? that's the fifth half-twelve kick-off we've played, I think, yeah. and we haven't won a single one. We haven't won any of them. I don't, um, I don't think we scored, we scored a goal in any of them. Uh, Everton, Chelsea, this one. Um, Forest. Forest. Forest, yeah. Well, um, we lost that one. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, I don't think we scored a goal. But um, it's, like you say, it's this, it's this plan and... There's, there's got to be something more to play. It is 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 the thing for me. Like I think, like Phil said, that first you said 17 minutes in you. So I, I actually thought, oh, we've started all right here, but it was it was quite scary to see how much the heads dropped. Like they just dropped, and I was like, how can this team who was playing so well literally a minute ago for 17 minutes completely change and play so bloody awful? Um, and it was just a really, really bad day at the office. And like you say, just it just hasn't got better yeah. as the days have gone on. The bad day at the office stuff, stuff Rob, I, I take Lizzie's point, I know she doesn't literally mean it like this, but I, I, what I'm finding difficult is that Bournemouth clearly had a Liverpool plan. And it's hard to argue Liverpool had a Bournemouth plan. And 
it may well be that I'm wrong. It may well be that that's been the case, but you've just got to go through the, you know, there's something hugely ironic uh, in the fact that Liverpool have played really well uh, away from home this season in front of big crowds. Put them in a stadium in front of no one and they're absolutely rubbish. You know, it's not the idea that that's, uh, you know, you can make that point all the way through. Yes, they lose at United and they lose at Arsenal, but they actually play relatively well at Arsenal for 45 minutes. They go to Ibrox and Ajax in Europe and get results. Yes, they struggle at Napoli, but Napoli are the best team in Europe. They get themselves wins at Nottingham Forest, sorry, at Newcastle and at uh, and at Tottenham uh, in there as well. You know, the, the, there's, there's, there's been away wins, but it's come against better sides, sides that are higher in the table, atmospheres that are, crowds that are bigger it looks to me like Liverpool they don't even not, not only do they appear to not have a a plan for, for Bournemouth they appear to not to have a generic bottom 10 away plan and I'm finding this very very difficult to watch and the 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 the, the, the catalogue of excuses around it feels very very light off the back of Manchester United getting beaten 7-0 and Liverpool having the full week to prepare it's it's such an entrenched pattern isn't it that's not getting results against teams you know you beat United 7-0 you go for God's sake Reds I know it's been a dog of a season in many respects but that's the bottom team in the league you just keep calm you just let your quality show and you take the win it doesn't have to be 5-0 1 or 2 it's fine but for it to be this groundhog day of, of, of style of performance, the lack of chances we create the same against all these in all these cases, it feels the same anyway. It's it's really really hard to make any sense of. It's not just the big crowds we play well in front of. Well, one of the big crowds we play well in front of is our own crowd in the bigger games. It's the big it's the big challenges. So, however, then which so shows it's a mental issue, right? It is by far a mental. The fact that we can reach the, that zenith that we reach against United and stoop so low as we did on Saturday uh, lunchtime just shows you that it has to be a psychological issue. Uh, yes, you, you could say the, the, the what does the plan mean? Well, I think the plan needs to be a mental plan. I do. I do think we played all right in that first. Is it seventeen or twenty minutes? So that plan was a good plan, and we were quite unlucky not to score. We've certainly given them a lot of trouble from set pieces, things getting cleared off the line. Um, there's one, oh God, I can't, I can't even remember the chances. I remember the Andy, the Andy Robber one, which flashes wider the post. But this, it felt like the goal's coming. But when the goal didn't come, we, we talked about this post-match, this, this iteration of Liverpool, when the goal doesn't come, it gets in its own head far, far too quickly. And it gives encouragement far, far too easily. And, and then Bournemouth come away. We, you and I were talking during the game. It's almost as if I don't know. We don't. We don't play. We don't play. If we're talking systemically, in terms of the systems we're playing, we're not compact enough in these sort of games. We're compact in games where we know we face a challenge. Be it away at Ibrox because it's an occasion, or be it facing Man City, or be it facing Man United. When there's a challenge, we are bonded as a team, and that leads to a, to a compactness of formation. When when it's something else, which complacency isn't really the word that, that, that covers it, is it? But, but it, there is there's some something that's confusing the, the mindset of, of these Liverpool players. I suspect that they're not coming to terms with the fact that they're not the best team in the world anymore. The best team in the world, Liverpool, could roll up and it could decide how the game was going to play out. But this version of Liverpool can't and it's stuck between a rock and a hard place in those that status of game. Do you think any of this is is muscle memory? As in, like, we, t- we talk about muscle memory in football and, and it was something we spoke about where Liverpool were absolutely relentless the other season about when we go one behind or whatever, how, how it was sort of intrinsically built in them, um, how, they, how they come back. And their muscle memory from this season is when they go a goal down. I mean, God knows what that stat is now. I don't even want to look at it. I haven't checked about how many times we've conceded first and then gone on to lost the game. Do you not feel like that is maybe a part of that psychological thing? Because it, it's clearly... Muscle memory is clearly a thing with how much it's it's been spoken about. I don't know. That's just... That's just I, I, think, I think it's... I was going to say 100% that, that's probably overstating, but I think it's hugely that. Um, you know, there's all kinds of cliches, aren't there? Like Klopp, is it like good habits are are hard to get into in, in, in football, but the bad habits are really quickly attained. And Liverpool have attained a bad habit this season. We attained it on that first day against Fulham. We reinforced it with a series of ensuing aways, and but, I, I, it's just so ingrained. But I think there's something else here which isn't muscle memory in the same way, but I think it's a collective... Ultimately, Bournemouth can look at a number of videos and go, if we survive this, then we'll get a chance to do this. Yeah, and then they can plan around it tactically. Yeah. And Liverpool aren't doing anything about what they're doing tactically. And that that's what's driving me mad, Phil, is that there's, you know, I do the report <laughs> stuff, I talk to Bournemouth supporters, and 
They're excited about the new sign in Triore. They're excited about Oatra. They feel as though he's got something about him. Um, you know that they've been told, saying that to me for a, for a few weeks, not just in the run up to this game. And then you look at the, you know, I looked at the data before City and, and Arsenal, and I'm doing the report and I'm saying the thing about this Bournemouth side is they'll know how to score a goal in ten seconds. That's the thing they've worked out. You can prove it with the numbers. It's there in the data. They should be adrift at the bottom of the league, but they found a way of playing and they found that they can get themselves half decent or even better opportunities against everyone they play. So that's what we've got to worry about. And then you watch it and you're like, so we're not be worrying about that then. And I'm not saying for a second I'm in any way, shape or form really good at this. My point is more, I expect Liverpool to be really good at this. And in the past, they looked really good at it. And at the minute, it just looks as though every single side has got themselves their neat little plan to create a tidy opportunity against the Reds. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on the mentality thing on Saturday. I think it is a thing in general. And I fully agree that it has been a thing all season. But I think Saturday was... I think it was more bad decisions from the manager. Like, I don't... As I talked about a minute ago, I'm not sure the midfield from the start is a midfield. You go away from home in the Premier League. It was... Against big odds. Exactly. It played at home against... The same three play at home to Wolves and they dominate the ball and it's much better because Wolves are the away team and they're happy with nil-nil. But Phil, haven't we had... It's only a few weeks ago where we had a, a brief flurry of revival with Keita, Bajetic and Thiago, right? Which you think now and you go, fuck, not that midfield. I just I just think personnel is... They did almost win a game, those three, though. Yeah, so, uh, part of the it's Wolves, but the, yeah, there was like, the, the FA Cup. Cup. Fabinho and Henderson have been involved in. They they play. I think they both play against in four or five weeks, Newcastle right. away. Yeah. They play against yeah. Newcastle away. The the two of them were a huge part of it, and whether it was Bacetic or Elliot, he or, wasn't I well think, Henderson, you know. No, no, no. But but at the same time, you don't have to substitute Henderson for half an eighteen-year-old. Yeah. We played two teenagers on Saturday away from home in a Premier League game, mm. which I'm just not sure is a particularly good idea. But even then, after we made changes as well, it felt like, and this is going back to what you're talking about, about the plan, the plan seemed to be, I'll just put some good footballers on and we'll be better than them. And I was watching that second half. I think we got to the byline once and we get a penalty from it. We get to the byline once, as far as I'm concerned, and put a cross in. And it gets us a penalty. Mm. The rest of the time, it was four lads playing up front who all wanted to come inside or be in the middle or drive through the middle. There was no... Ability then, because we've got two in midfield, the fullbacks can't properly get up the pitch. And you know, sometimes you could play, they can play inside, and the fullback can come around the outside, and Robertson can get to the byline and put the cross in. But because we've got two men in midfield, they can't do that. Now, that formation to me, it looks like it might work, but one of the people has to be Diaz. Like you've talked about transition this season, Neil, and see about what we're transitioning towards. And I think another part of this is the manager doing things and seeing that if they do or don't work. And it felt like that second half Saturday. It's something that he's going to look at and go, right, that doesn't work or I need to change this, I need to change that because I just don't see how you could make it get any easier for Bournemouth to defend against four attackers when they're all basically standing in a bunch next to each other. There's no one making the pitch bigger and there's no none of the midfielders are able to sort of play a ball through to even get them in behind the defender and that's even if you can exploit the minimal space between the goalkeeper and the defenders. It just looked like... We kept making the pitch small. We exactly, that. exactly. That's, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. We we made so many just bad decisions from yeah. the outset. And True. We can say X, Y, or Z about mentality, but if you're not set up in the right way, the mentality doesn't really matter because if you can't get the ball into positions where you can score, it doesn't matter what you think of going backwards or forwards or whatever. We, their goalkeeper doesn't make a save all day. Mm. Doesn't make a save of any note. Even from a not like, There was no point where you thought, oh, we're going to score here. It was... No, it wasn't good. It's. I'll come back to you, Phil, on this. Just the idea of first and foremost, Bournemouth throwing men forward from deep. But there's something bigger for me around again to talk about the to talk about the setup. I think it makes <laughs> it makes it harder for for Bino. Artur on the bench, and I want to be careful here not to sort of end up saying something and people go, oh, he's overstating this and all that sort of stuff. He puts Artur on the bench ahead of Jones, ahead of Chamberlain, ahead of Keita. Now, it's possible any one of those three's got a knock. It's possible all three of them have got a knock because <laughs> we haven't got the information unless unless someone's seen something I haven't seen. But no Jones, no Chamberlain, no Keita, but Artur's on the bench. And this, to me, feeds into the same thing. The only circumstance where Artur was getting on was if Liverpool were 3-0 up. Why are we picking a bench away from home? off the basis of the fact that we want to do X if Liverpool get 3-0 up. Because it's not like there's loads and loads of patterns of Liverpool being 3-0 up away from home against teams in the bottom of the league. And in part of making the pitch bigger and in part of them being able to throw th throw, four, throw men forward from deep, 
Firstly, part of what allow, a mass defence allows you to do is then when you do make the run, it'll automatically come from deep. So this is a team taking a strength in terms of how they're dealing with us and then turn it into another strength as long as their <laughs> lad run A, runs fast enough and B, works hard enough, which in Oatra's case he does and he gets in. And then as part of that, this is back to the sort of the doing something a bit different, making the pitch big. I know there was a lot of fuss I'd say overstated fuss, but I wasn't doing shows at the time around Kiter after Crystal Palace. Chamberlain has had a really funny season with the manager where, you know, for me, he did his job when he played that left-hand side role for a period. There's no sign of him. If you want to go to 4-2-4, you can make an argument that you could at least have Chamberlain hold one flank and he could do that for you. And the Jones thing to me just feels really, really odd because it's not as though Artur's going to be here next season and he's nowhere to be seen either. And I see all of this as part of the same point, which is... We've not gone in to win the right to play and we've not gone in going, this is going to be really hard. And that's that's what really worries me because it was going to always be at least a slightly difficult game until you did get your two goals ahead. Yeah, and with, without knowing what the other three would do and it felt like the, the Arthur thing's a little bit of, oh, we'll keep him involved. He can't, play, he can't be involved on Tuesday, can he? So they've, they're trying to make him feel involved in that respect. That, you know, come and sit on the bench at Bournemouth. Maybe we'll get you on. But the idea that you've got the, the concept of maybe we'll get you on in your head is a bit arrogant to me because that team combined with that it feels like we just sort of expected to turn up pass the ball around them and win the game and that's not what you that's not what you do without going all Graham Sooness and going our league our league you can't just go away from home and expect to pass the ball around a team who are fighting for their lives and are also massive like <laughs> it, it you just can't expect to do that and it was like we just thought I oh, will just turn up and we'll score here and then once you get to 25 they'd all gone uh what happens here? We haven't scored yet. We, we were supposed to score by now and we were supposed to be 2 0 up at half time and we were supposed to bring everyone off on 60 and we were supposed to have a nice rest. Like, in the same way that Trent comes off clearly because they decided before the match he's coming off. And all right, the substitution nearly gets us back into the game because the man who comes on it right back gets us a penalty effectively with a really good ball. But still, you can't, I just don't think you can bring him off and go, well, he said he was coming off, so he's coming off, which. We didn't play in the week. We're not playing next weekend. He's probably not going to go away with England, I wouldn't have thought. Because I think we're probably back into the realms of, ah, I don't need to pick him now. It's not a tournament. No one cares about it, so we'll probably leave. She's probably going to get two and a half weeks off after Wednesday. And we're, we're, we're picking teams that way. And I know he started a lot of games recently, but it just... It just felt like it, oh, we'll, we'll do this, and it'll but be also fine. part of why he plays the part of why he plays the two. So he, again, I can talk about Jones and Chamberlain and Cater, and we can talk about Henderson's got a cold. By the way, I'm sick of lads not being picked for Liverpool from the first from the start with a reason, and then them coming on to save the day later yeah, in the game. Definitely. That has been, it's been yeah, 10 or 15 yeah. times this season. It's insane how often yeah. that's happened this season, and I'm sick of it now. And you know, I'd genuinely a, rather they weren't even on the bench. Yeah. yeah, like Nunes at Palace. I'd rather he wasn't there. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that that's but the, the idea of we're, we're, it's a precaution, so we're going to do this, and then suddenly for. 45 or 60 you fucking get stripped and get on here because this needs sorting out I'm sick of it so you can mm. say it as much as you want to drive me mad but the <laughs> next phase of that it. it's a, well, it is <laughs> your, your fault you said it before literally your the manager said it is pre-match you know, you, but you said, not you, on me you know, but you did, you, I mean you were just repeating what he said but you were saying it before <laughs> just a but as part of this fact. though Lizzie that's part of the you know the point there around we're going to take Trent off and it's going to be Milner who comes on for him because at the minute Gomez is injured so this is the way this is going to work it's going to work that way around well that precludes him from picking Milner in centre mid yeah. instead of one of the teenagers yeah which and, is wild and so, but, but this this sort of say, this these decision trees as you go through them at times you're just left going well if you're not going to fucking take it seriously yeah. and that's and that's the one thing that I don't think about this manager and yet it just feels at times this season the number of games afterwards you're going well if you're not going to commit everything to the first 45 minutes then why should anybody else yeah. and that's that, that's what concerns me in there yeah and, and listen we obviously don't know what he's thinking like bloody hell if, if Coppers listened to this he go that wasn't my thinking or whatever but that's certainly how it looks and I think Oh, I, I did have a chain of thought then. I feel like I've just lost it. Um, but Just with sheer annoyance. Yeah, it, I think for me, like, what what I'd say is is that we, we, we have a balance, or we had a balance, and we finally struck the balance that we've been looking for all bloody season in that midfield, and he just chooses to go against it and leaves, like you say, someone extremely capable of filling that Jordan Henderson-esque role on the bench and then bringing him on sort of it right back on 60 yards is is just is just mental and this idea that like that was me thought Jürgen Klopp says um and has said ever since we've known him known him but ever since he's been been in charge of 
one game at a time. We only look at one game and that has been repeated and that has been stressed the whole time of his tenure. But that just felt like that did not apply this time. And it feels I like it's not applied all season, Lizzie. No, 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 you're right. You're 100% right. But if there is a bit of an eye on Real Madrid, like I, I kind of get it. But you also do have to... I, I, listen, I, I love Liverpool and I think Liverpool can turn any football game around because at the end of the day, a football game is a football game and anything can happen. Bournemouth can, can go and beat Liverpool 1-0. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not too out of the realms for anything to happen in a football game. But you've got to be a bit realistic at times and he's got to look and play what's in front of him. And I think for me, what, what that screamed to me was... We're just going to turn up. We're going to. We're going. I'm going to tell you how to play, but I'm not going to tell you how to deal with Philip Billing. I'm not going to tell you how to deal with Dominic Solanke. You know, getting in behind, and it, it just looked like nobody had a clue what they were doing. They were following this plan, which is we're going to do this. We'll have you off at this time. This person's going to come on, and 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 that's the end of it. And and there's, there's almost like no argument. And I kind of, I kind of like the Jota substitute. At, like when I first saw it, but then it was it was very clear within the first I, I had many couple of minutes that it should have been a midfielder coming on and not not but, Diego Jota. But you don't have to stick to that because he's got five no, subs you and you can change it again on the arm mark. You just have to say right, this is the way we play now and just sort of stick to it uh, relentlessly. And from he got that himself into pickle with the, the with the other subs though, didn't he? Because he put him on and then he obviously wanted to, to bring Firmino on. Yeah, and he couldn't take. He couldn't take him a midfielder off. He had to take Nunes off effectively, or yeah. he'd have to take Gakpo off. He'd take off Sal, and that's. I think that change made us weaker. There was a there was a cross came in, probably on about eighty five, and it sort of rolled through the six yard box. And I was like, well, Nunes would have been there for yeah, that. And Firmino's was outside the box, and Gakpo's outside. Taking the box off your most creative player though, and Chent, like like you said, we're not playing full now at the weekends, and by the time he's next going to play. It's it's a bit mad taking him off at that point in the game because it's not as if he was defending horrendously. And I think, listen, I know Elliot gets a lot of stick, and I'm not actually aiming this at Elliot. I'm aiming it more at the right hand side of that midfield. But like when when Trent doesn't have a Henderson in front of him, yeah, he does struggle a little bit more. And and I think Trent is a lot more exposed. But I wasn't watching that thing. And oh, Trent's getting turned inside out, and Trent's this. I I was just really quite pissed off by that that substitution that you. You know, you're chasing a goal, you're 1-0 down and you, you, you're essentially taking off your most creative and flair player off the pitch. I want to talk about the centre-backs, Rob. And okay. the reason why I want to talk about the centre-backs is because if Matipo... So I will go on, you talk about the manager then. Well, I can't want to say centre-backs, but I, when the result's not good, I, it's, I think it's a little easy to see every decision as a flawed one. I agree. And, and I do, mm, and whilst yeah. I can't disagree in isolation with you, pulling Nunes off feeling early, feeling wrong, pulling Trent off feeling wrong... I feel the way we, if we score in that first 17 minutes, and I do think we play well, and we do play well enough to score, we could have just got one off a set piece. It's how football goes sometimes. You just do happen to get your first goal, you break down, unless I do that. <laughs> I think we probably do go on then to get the result we want. And, and nothing said really about the Bicetic, uh, Fabinho, who else in midfield? Elliot, Elliot midfield. But when it goes wrong, it's like it was like the Palace game in that respect. I think the, my, my bigger issue with the, the manager... Can I come back to you on that first and then you can do your bigger issue okay. with the manager? The reason I say that is because if we score in that period where we're on top, we go on and we have a different game. Yeah, you can say that about Nottingham Forest, and you can say it about Brentford Leeds, off the top games. of my head. Well, Leeds, Leeds are separate. We do we do score against Leeds at True least. That, yeah. You know, Forest and Brentford, and these are away games as well. And this is my other point. Forest and Brentford, the two games where Liverpool don't play brilliantly for forty five minutes, but start and are the better side in both of have them. Have a flow, um, yeah. Have a flow in the first twenty or so, yeah. And then they begin to go badly wrong, and this is where I then grow annoyed because that happened. Mm. So what's the plan for when that happens? What are we doing when we get 20? It's nil-nil, we've been the better side. What does the next 10 look like? Because this Liverpool side under this manager has had a plan for what the next 10 looks like in that scenario away from home. They've had a plan for it in the past. So what's the current plan for when they get to go? These have punch themselves out for a bit here. It's only for a bit. That's the way football matches go. There's an ebb and a flow. Yeah. And that's what I'm annoyed about is that it happened against Forest. It happened against Brentford. There's probably another away game that I haven't got to hand where it, where it happens to a degree. And now it happens against Bournemouth. And that's... So your point's a really valid one mm. in the grand scheme. But the argument can't be, well, what happens if we get to 20 and it's not come for us, we go, fucking hell. Yeah. No, no, I know. But the, it's it's how we... Re and I, I'm so sorry to be the guy who's focusing on the mental, you know, as though that's all there is in sport. I know there's not all that. And, and mental begats uh, system flaws and system flaws begat mental flaws. That's, that's, it's, 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 you can go around in circles on that one. 
I think the problem is how they are, re and the recurring theme is how they're reacting to adversity. All season long, they have not taken conceding a goal in any circumstance well at all. I mean, God, God forbid if United had scored first at Anfield last week. We were writing a very different story of our week. We might have won at Bournemouth in the end. But it's, it, the plan is Liverpool didn't set out to dominate 20. Then, as you say, right with the ebb and flow, then Bournemouth to have a strong 10. They set out to dominate the football match. So the, the spells where they weren't on top were just flurries of deadness in midfield. It's the fact that they get confused in their own heads. They get ragged They get ragged in terms of their setup. Not their setup. They're compact. I keep using that, that cliche. They stop being compact. They stop. They're frustrated. They're letting frustration overtake them. This is what I think is happening. And you want to be asked. But every about team always has a spell. I mean, I'm literally quoting you. Yeah, they do have a you've, spell. You've been I, saying that to me for I years. Know, every team you, always has my, a spell. Yeah, my friend Julio, who lived in Brazil for a while, so there's a Brazilian phrase: if you do not score when you're on top, you will concede. It's 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 more poetic in, in Portuguese Brazilian. Um, <laughs> It's that syndrome. We don't allow it to become sterile. But, but, but that's because we're, we're weak mentally. It's, it's the same reason we can't come back. So it's not just that we mismanage that 10 minutes afterwards. We then, miss, we then don't manage to find our next wave. We're not getting our, our inevitable second and third waves. Those waves weren't happening in that game. You can ask me about the centre-halves. And I felt straight away the minute things were going to go awry that they were going to end up being the day's scapegoats. I thought Van Dijk was having a good game until the point where he was at the scene of the crimes. and He gets legged, doesn't he, down the down, no, yeah. down, down our left-hand well side. I don't think he played well, but I didn't think he was terrible That's either. Um, but maybe I'm standing alone on this. He, he was very nearly... It's like after Forrest where he fails to score and he's shit at the end of it. I don't know. I feel people are a bit quick to dig out Van Dijk these days, but maybe I'm, I'm on my own. One of my centre-half points is actually, Rob... I think that if if I you, you think the centre halves have got grief, I think that if it's Matipol Gomez who play like either of them, they're getting absolutely slaughtered. Exactly. People 100%. people are offering to drive Joe Gomez to Aston Villa and all sorts of mad shit. Well, they are ready for those two, and yeah. that has yeah. happened to Matt. But when what my point here is that the centre halves get exposed, yeah. Yeah. and then both of them find playing centre half tough. I'll come yeah, to you, yeah, Lizzie, yeah. on it. If that is Matipol Gomez, all I am hearing is why X or Y have finished yeah. and should never be near a Liverpool team again. Canate and Van Dijk have Matipol Gomez games from this season, and yes. There is such a thing as credit in the bank, but there's also maybe such a thing as at times watching a footy match and going, maybe we're harsh on the other boys because when this happens, they can't cope either. But like, sorry, go on. No, sorry, Everyone wants to talk about this. Lizzie, then fill that right. Like, no, no. I'm just like, look at the pattern now of, of, of when this happens to, to any centre half. I mean, like, I I I I dis I disagree. I actually thought I thought Van Dyke was, was rubbish. I really did. Okay. And and I think do you know what it is as well? I don't think that really works. Um, not having a leader in the middle of the pitch in Henderson or Milner, then he's captain, then he's doing all the shouting and I feel like he just can't help dictate a game from like being that captain figure from the back when he hasn't got an actual adult in front of him, Bar Fabinho. Um, Even and, that's debatable at the minute. Well, exactly. Um, but they did get completely exposed like because they, they were cutting through the midfield, leaving Van Dijk and Canate to deal with the big fellas. And Jamie Carragher brought this up, I think, on Sky a couple of weeks ago. Like everyone's questioning the defenders, everyone's questioning if Van Dijk's finished. He brought, I think, he brought up Joe Gomez and Matip, and he said, "But where's the midfield?" He says, "When mm. I was playing centre half, like the the whole point is that you've got to help not get the ball past that point where it puts those defenders in that position." But there are so many, there were so many things that Van Dijk could have done better in. Is it as false? No, but I think again, like I said, if if there was a decision made to cover that midfield, just a bit more interception, a bit more getting stuck in, get a bit more involved, stopping them freaking just breaking through us, they might have had a decentish game, and maybe Gomez and Massa being some of the past games might have had a decentish game too. So the thing that was concerning for me was was one particular thing that I noticed from very early on. So the away end at Bournemouth, the same size as TV camera, it goes from one end to probably about ten yards inside the. 10 yards away from the halfway line, I was probably halfway, I was maybe edge of the centre, edge of the D with the, the penalty box. And one thing that was very apparent is that Van Dijk and Robertson were playing a different line to Canate and, and Trent. And that happened probably three or four times before they actually get in. Because I think one thing that Van Dijk thinks for that goal is I think he's convinced that he's offside. Yeah, so was I in real time. In real time, I was. I thought he was offside in real time. So I was like, ah, oh, it's in, it's a goal. Doesn't matter, but it'll be offside in a minute. No worries. Because he, he obviously can't see where Canate is behind him, and Canate is that much deeper than him that it does make the difference. But it wasn't the first time that happened. Like I think there was, I'm pretty sure it was the exact same thing that happened when um, the lad goes round Alliston, puts it into the side net, and I'm pretty sure the line was just. I think that one might have been no, you're right. as opposed to it Canate, was. but it wasn't all day. 
the, the two of them, like Robertson and Van Dijk were in perfect sync. And Trent and Canate seem to be in perfect sync as well for the most part. But the two sides of it weren't. I don't know why that was, but it was, was it one being braver than the other side? Was it one being too brave? Was it, it just it made no sense. And the, it looked like they were they were just doing different things, like they'd been told to do different but this, things. But this is so this throws I throw this back, Phil, because I think there's something in the idea of in terms of what Bournemouth were doing with the late run and all of that, you suddenly end up I think in a situation where there's a there's a defensive instinct, rightly at times, wrongly at other times. You've got my point here is having an overall plan. When they do this, what do we do? So if they're beginning to make good ground there, is the thing that we do is that we drop five, or is the thing that we do is that we step? And it looks to me as though at times Liverpool just fall between the stools. And that's what you're sort of describing there. Liverpool exactly right. falling between the stools. Canate's thinking, these this lad's getting in on that side. I've got to drop, I've got to cover across, and that's the way this is gonna work. Trent's thinking, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna there's gonna be another back pen back post Trent Alexander Arnold moment in a minute, and everyone's gonna do this. And Van Dyke will all always go we're going to be bolder mm. and that will always be Virgil's response we're going to be bolder we're going to go but they've got as you say there's not there's not a right answer you've just all got to do the same thing boys and that, that's what it looked like it looked as if like one side had decided this was the right thing the other side decided this was the right thing and I, I'll be perfectly honest I don't care which is the right thing just do the same thing if it's wrong at least do the same thing wrong and it was a lack of communication like I say I'm not, I'm not saying oh this is because Van Dijk was captain but genuinely right when Henderson or Milner play in that midfield they're screaming at everyone around them who was telling bad bad Badgetich and Elliot what to do because it certainly wasn't what, Fabinho what I think's hard you know for, what I mean what I think's hard like dealing with everything yeah. at once rather than just organising his back line that's what I think I think that's hard to do I think that you end up in a situation I don't like Virgil as captain for I this don't. reason not because I don't think he's a great leader I just, just want something missing I just want him to sort out that five the five that he's in I want him to I want him and to captain does. that five and then whoever's in the midfield captains the other bit yeah. and then it all works yeah. because Hesitancy. no one in that front line isn't going to do it are they I mean the Salah but no. he's too busy looking after himself as he should do being Mo Salah Cody Gakpo and Darwin Nunes but those two young lads needed something from somewhere and probably Van Dyke's taking that responsibility and he's trying to sort them out scream at them and by that point he's like shit I haven't done you know my back line I don't know the, the way that the, the defence has been exposed this season is is because of what's happening ahead of them what the, the syndrome Phil described can only come about because of hesitancy. Hesitancy is caused by being an uncertainty about what's going to happen next. In, at our peak, when we had a pressing machine and from the very front, active at all times it could be trusted, when we had a midfield that was consistently being played and they knew how to respond to it, at the point a ball moved to an opposition midfielder in midfield, in midfield and they, there was a threat of a ball coming forward, that back line would know as a unit what the percentage of the next, the next outcome on the pitch was going to be and would move decisively as one. When it's confused because they don't know if Bicetic is going to drop or press at that moment, they don't know if they've got the, the, the full fat version of Fabinho, they don't know how Gakpo reacts in these situations, it's not Bobby. All those things are subtly playing in. And also recent, as you use, muscle memory experience of nothing going to plan. And those microseconds of hesitancy are what creates those imbalances. I think it's that, but I think there's something else as well, which is that what they used to do when the going wasn't good for five was play something that looked a lot like four five one. Yeah. And just get through a period of four five one and they never do that now. Yeah, they don't yeah they, don't, they never go they never have and if you even think about this season when they've had to reset and go back and when you were talking before about <laughs> uh Bacetic, Keita and Tiago as a midfield that Wolves away game is 4-5-1. They just go to 4-5-1, pull up with it for a bit, and then they go from there. And this is, I think Blood that's... domination. They won't settle for that. They won't just basically... Or have the idea of, just for 10 minutes, we're just going to do something else for 10 minutes. Yeah. They just won't do the... And that's what that's what used to happen. And I don't know if that's a personnel thing in part, or whether or not that's just now a sort of a shift in attitude in part, or whether or not they're trying to... There's something else going on that we're maybe not quite entirely, that this is the thing that they're transitioning to when they're out of possession, and it is a little bit different to what was. For instance, they might want to transition back into a 4-4-2. That means, which you used to see occasionally with Wijnaldum as well, Wijnaldum would effectively go and play left mid for a period of time and just sort of kill a game, and then Mane would tilt and go further up, and Salah might be left further up, or Firmino might go up there and Salah might come... The point was, though, there was a shape that we fall back into, to, away from home especially when it's not great for 10 and we just get through that period of it not being great for 10 ask the opposition a few more questions and go from there that is not happening at any point in any of these away games that we're talking about not in any of them no I, I'm going to bring this around though that there is I was thinking on this on the way to, to, to talking about it we, we do tend to get very narrowly drawn in is it which is human nature to talk about this was shit and it reminds me of the other days when it was shit See how it's shit? The system is shit. The way we're approaching it, it's all shit. The trouble is, is we'd won four out of our previous five. 
notwithstanding the Champions League game, without conceding a goal, scoring enough goals, we, apart from a few moments in between looking pretty secure, not doing most of those things we've criticised us. A little bit in phase that But Palace. where I'm saying it's shit is I'm not saying it's shit, game in, Hang game on. out. Go on. No, yeah, OK, but... Well, no, you're not saying it should be, but yeah, but, and you're not wrong to say you're saying we're defaulting to a certain situation, certain games. I'm saying, like I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying the way we're setting up for these away games against the bottom ten is really, really poor. And in your list of five there, where we've not conceded, one of them is Crystal Palace, which finishes nil nil. Feels like that as well, yes. I well, know, it doesn't feel like that. Is one? Yeah, okay. No, no, I, I don't disagree, but we, we could. I don't know. I see the next set of fixtures. I can't prove the point. No, but my, my point, Rob. So I, I, my point is not. To, I'm not damning them. And firstly, I'm not even going to say that they're not going to finish top four. I'm not even saying that they can't get something else in Madrid. I'm not even saying for the. What I'm saying is there needs to be clarity. I think for them, not for me. I don't give a fuck about me. But there needs to be clarity for them, and there needs to be a sense that they know what to do. And there's a thing that they're going to do when it's not going very well for five or ten minutes against the side in the bottom ten. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, look, I agree. I think they would help them to... It feels unfair to say you should find more humility. But I think they need to treat the bottom ten with that bit more respect. I think that's kind of what we're saying in a roundabout way. Or win a war, old-fashioned football cliché. It's going to be a war sometimes. Go In the Julio Benitez era, because we knew we weren't the best team in Europe or even one of the 10 top 10, 20 best teams in Europe, we could go away to a crystal... Well, we could go away to the bottom 10 a lot of the time and dog it for 20 minutes, actually absorb the pressure. I'm not saying we were particularly good in those times, but there, were, there was a feeling that we'd nick it with an Owen goal or, or whoever the equivalent or a Torres goal late at Villa or something like that. It's a feeling that we, that would actually be fine. The modern Liverpool is such a strong team has such a strong pedigree I think we can't get quite get out of our mindset that we should be winning 4-5-0 we believe we went into that game going probably aren't going to win 7-0 but we could win this 4-0 I don't think we think like that but and, and it's a problem really we need a dose of humility really we, we approach games like that but we don't have the the wherewithal to do it yeah. and then once you realise you can't do it the other team are more up for a fight than we are exactly. and a lot of these games like you go like we got no goals from Nottingham Forest Bournemouth uh Wolves, Brighton, Crystal Palace. I think I've already said Crystal Palace. I've but there's a lot of these games. We're just not going away from home. Everton. Score. Everton. Mm. Everton. I think is a, yeah, exists, get, you, exists in its own but, way. But I, 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 I wouldn't take say, say Fulham or Brentford are outside. They're in that mix. Oh, even no, though we are, get a goal. Yeah, well, we don't get a goal at Brentford. <laughs> oh, we, <laughs> we do. Sorry, we, we do. do. Chamberlain, Chamberlain makes it. Yeah, like everyone forgets it actually finished three one and not two one. I do anyway. Yeah, but yeah, if you. You need to be able to go away from home and have a bit of a fight in this division sometimes because we mm. aren't in a position where we're just going to out-football everyone because at the minute we aren't that good. So what we've got to do is we've just got to go and impose ourselves on the game. And when we don't nick that goal by playing football early on, we can't but, do but, it. But where were the four rabid reds <coughs> chase, chasing down a Palace but, fullback in the last minute like we saw against United? Where was that? Well, Why doesn't also, that happen? But also as part of that, when we, you know, you look at 18-19 and 19-20, there's a couple of games in there. Bournemouth away is actually one of them where Liverpool, a couple of away games in there against the sides at the bottom, where Liverpool do cut loose. Loads of them are one-goal victories. Loads and loads of them are one-goal victories. I did a thing looking back at 19-20 prior to when COVID hit. So if you go all the way up to when COVID hits in 2019-20, Liverpool, when COVID hits, are 25 points, clear of Manchester City. Um, Liverpool have, in the in the league games, the first in the league games, the first 27 or 28, however many it is, uh, Liverpool, I think, have 11 games where with 15 to go, they're leading by, more, by two or more goals. City have 12. City have 12, but City are 25 points behind, and the reason why is because we're winning more games by a single goal. Mm. City, on the day we fuck up against Bournemouth, City go to Palace, have a dog of a football match against Palace, but win it 1-0. There's, there's us, I think, trying to be a bit more like them and pull away in games and make games a bit easier for ourselves. And I think City have got a bit more like us, and it, as, as was. Uh, and that is, I think, a more useful talent to have. Ultimately, because there's 30 points to be, to be won away from home. Dominating a game and getting to half-time nil-nil, would, I, I feel fine. like we were prepared to do that in 1920. Place, going to places like well, Huddersfield before then, going to places like Cardiff or Fulham, be nil-nil at half-time, and we'd be nervous. We've, got, we've only got 45 minutes to get the winner. But we'd have dominated, maybe not made enough chances, but they wouldn't have uh, laid any serious gloves on us. There was even some games, though. There was one in 18-19, I remember. It was a, it was a Watford. We win, I think we win 3-0. But it's nil nil until about sixty. Yeah. And yeah. Watford, they had they have chances. Watford, mm. but we were prepared to go there. Do you think it, they should have a penalty? Exactly. We we go there and we accept the game for what it was, and it's a difficult away game against a team who can cause you problems. 
a well-organised team with some good footballers. <laughs> we accept that they're like um, Burnley. We should treat yeah, everything like Burnley we, away. Yeah, exactly. We got we were prepared to go there and have a scrap. Um, all right, we, we went three 0 in the end, and it's quite comfortable by the end of it. But for an hour, it wasn't. And yeah. I don't. It's hard to see us playing a poor side away from home, being nil nil on sixty, and having the sort of having something about us that means that we actually go. Hang on. Calm we just need focus. to ba- out-battle out yeah. them. It's like there's a panic thing. There's a thing where it's like, well, we're just better than these. Why haven't we scored? Why We're, we're supposed to be better than these. Yeah. We, this is why, though. There should have been a goal. And, the, and then the last half hour on Saturday, I don't see how the goal was supposed to come. I would lo- I'd love to go and ask Klopp how Liv- that Liverpool team was supposed to score because I've no That's idea what the, the plan was. That's why the penalty miss is so disappointing. Yeah, because yeah. You, thought, you thought only by that... And we didn't fully deserve... We did, there was a deserved penalty, but we didn't deserve the chance to get the penalty no. in a certain yeah. sense. We weren't creating so, enough chance. But it was going to go in. But, <laughs> yeah. but you thought if that goes in, that will free their minds, that bit. And you do fancy us to... You do fancy us to go on and, you know, sliding doors moment, but Jesus Christ. I, I think what we need to remember as well is that, like, when we're, you're, you're talking about the mental thing, is is Liverpool need to adapt this season. Like, this season is something that we haven't seen for, for a, a long time, which is, like, this Liverpool-Man City battle at the top. You've got a relegation battle, which is from 12th to 20th. Like, there's five points in it from Palace down to, to Southampton at the bottom. Um, and then you've got this real mix of top four. You've got Spurs who were flaky as well. Newcastle, Man United obviously haven't had two great results now in a row. This is new territory for Liverpool and this is the thing, like I worry, what my thinking is, is because they're so used to going toe-to-toe with City and it being a two-team two battle, like almost having this much in the mix, this many elements, this this much in play, is that what they're struggling to get their heads around because it's a completely different mindset to what they've done for the last however many years. This is why, although it was a terrible game of football and I said that, that's why I was I was sort of alright with what happened to Palace in that... It's, that it just that, was what it was. That's just sort of yeah. happens sometimes. Games like that happen. And, and when you're where, where you are, and that's why, I, you know, and that's why I think it's, I think it got a bit too much because it was a terrible game of football, don't get me wrong, but I think everyone got a bit... Liverpool, everyone got a bit too... putting the boot into too much into certain players, not least on a personal level, on a couple of instances, which I thought was, was out of order. But, you know, for me, I was sort of just all right with that's what's going to happen every now and again. And you play your way into a game, but maybe sometimes when you play your way into a game... You never quite manage it, but it's all right because you. And that's that for me is the Bournemouth thing is, and that's what makes it all so difficult is that you've got to you've got to play your way in. Yeah, you do, and I think with the Palace one as well. I mean, if, there was there was a very 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 slim chance of, of us conceding because I think they've had something like only like three shots on target and God knows how many games. Like they've got no they've Zero got no outlet the they? But then like you, you know I, I don't get how you don't look like I I mentioned it. I said oh but Bournemouth against Arsenal and someone said to me oh yeah but Arsenal dominated. And I was like, well, that's fair enough. But they got two goals there against the top of the league side. Like, that's what you need to look at. That's what you need to prepare for. It doesn't matter whether Arsenal had all the possession in the world. Bournemouth was still able to get two goals away from home at the, uh, the Emirates. And it wasn't like the two goals were 30 yards. No, they, they create good opportunities. They, they, they create it really good opportunities, well. yeah. They did, and you've got to give them credit for it. But also, we are talking about how rubbish Liverpool are, but you've got to give credit to Bournemouth, by the way, for how they played. Because to be at the bottom of the table, having Liverpool come to you after the back of a, a 7-0 win to Man United, like, fair play to them. They'd done their own work and they got the results. They did indeed. Uh, the league picture then, we lost three on Spurs, three on Newcastle, one on United. Um, put the pressure on the big week. The big week isn't this week, the big week is the one straight after the international break because we can't be cut adrift. Yeah, it would feel, feel a bit lazy, cliche to say, I actually fancy those kind of games more than playing the bottom ten at the moment. And although, But I, I do, without expecting us to be able to go and beat City, Chelsea and Arsenal, I'll feel more settled going into that week in a way. They're not all free hits because... That City we, one isn't half 12 again, like just... Yeah, oh. I don't But City won't want that either. I mean, yeah, City will look I, like I that know. first Even break. Stevens on that one in terms of... I, I'd rather, yeah, given they're, they're going to be strong favourites at home against anybody, I'd, I'd rather them have have to put up with the, the cycle, getting in their heads about 12.30 as much as, as us. I don't know. It's, I wouldn't put money on it, but it's not the craziest thing in the world to envisage we win win a couple of those three, to win two of those three and draw one. Let's put it this way. I fancy us to find our identity. All the things we criticise Liverpool for mentally being able to, to adjust to, I think, today, I can see them readjusting to for those kind of fixtures. They will be compact. They will be focused. They won't underestimate the opposition. They will have very clear plans and mental plans as to as to how to deal with the fact that they're going to come under pressure and and and, and hurt. 
Why? When you say all that, that makes me want to say fuck off Liverpool even more. <laughs> well, well, exactly. Well, of course it does. This is a fuck off Liverpool of a season, isn't it? I know it is. And you, you, as you were going through it there, all that was going through my head was a really strong... Well, well, what annoys me about it is we're becoming that team... Uh, the team we watched during the thirty odd wilderness, the thirty wilderness years, which is we don't half show up against some of the big teams like those. those it's very nineteen ninety six or something. Yeah, so, those it? rambunctious Anfield occasions where we did United at home or we went and won somewhere big. Peter and loves just should we, the should we get to should we get to Istanbul and wear white suits? Yeah, <laughs> can we, we fast forward through this phase? Um, you're off to Madrid. Yep, Are you going. Now, now, the the allocations, uh, it's all over. Done your yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I cut my own allocation. You quit your own allocation <laughs> on this one. I decided I didn't deserve to go. Um, it is, um, what's reasonable to expect? I think with Real Madrid games, just don't expect anything. That, that like, a game of football genu- will break genu- out. Genuine, like, so I was probably the most all right person there was with the first game because I'd sort of mentally repaired myself with the fact that Real Madrid can do quite literally anything I wasn't sort of expecting them to score five goals and be 2-0 down and win 5-2 but I'd sort of gone well it's Real Madrid anything can happen and that works both ways like last season they win 3-1 at Chelsea in the first leg of the quarterfinal they're 3-0 down after an hour 3-0 down at home to Chelsea it's and it's not it wasn't a particularly great Chelsea team at the time either was it let's, no. be, let's be perfectly honest I think the, the, the other thing that's in our favour is everyone goes, oh, it's 3-0 at Real Madrid, but it's not really a normal 3-0, is it? Yeah. If you're 1-0 up in a game of football, the other team will change their approach to try and score. If we're 1-0 up, Real Madrid aren't going to do anything differently. They're going to try and basically, miles we don't want to concede a second goal. If we're 1-0 on 70, that's fine. Like, I still think that the, uh, we haven't, look, it's beyond obvious that we have very, very little chance here. I don't care what anybody says or how anyone wants to invoke glory for former years. But, I think the only way to approach it is this as if the first leg was um nil nil. I think that and sorry, yeah. one nil. No, as if we'd won it one nil. I I, I, would, I would play it. I know what I know that goes against what you're saying, Phil, but I think if it becomes sterile, I'm just fascinated by what you do. Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> because I think the only chance we've got to win to turn it around is, is to get a, is to get a, the first goal. We have to get the first goal. I know that's yeah. beyond obvious in football. I think we get I think if we chase the first goal, I think Madrid will be ready for that. I think the ha- I'd then be delighted for us to to be the hysterical. Let's come on and try and blow us away, Liverpool. Ra- you know, barnstorming. I think they're waiting for that. I think if it goes sterile and then we wait for a moment and then we we we. Re- I think we have to try and Madrid them a little bit. I just want to see saying. them have fun. You know, like I, I just want to see them freed a little bit from these mental shackles. I think we losing four two is about most fun we'll have. Yeah, but, we'll get two goals. but I'm just saying, like, the, about going into it, though, like, we, we've got no Fulham at the weekend, we've got no games, and then, like Phil said, it's the international break, and we come back, like, we've got a lot of time off. You're 5-2 down, like, there's nothing to lose. Like, if we get beat 5-0, there's so what? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same, it's the same however which way you go out, you're going out. So why don't you just go and just try and enjoy, just go with the mindset of, let's try and enjoy ourselves. We love these big occasions. Let's treat this as a big occasion. We're playing in the Bernabeu in the Champions League. And just just try and relax a little bit, I think, rather than getting two in their own heads and just go in with this. We've got nothing to lose attitude. That's what I want to see. I sort of, the way I want them to approach it is that it's a 70-minute game that they need to win. Yeah. So if they're winning after 70 minutes, whatever the scoreline is, they're winning after 70 minutes and then you assess from there. Well, that's what I'm thinking in a roundabout way. You just play it it like it's 70 minutes and there's going to be a final whistle on 70 minutes. Almost like the manager should say he's going to pick his 11. Win 1-0. He's going to win his 11, pick his 11, and he's going to change his 11 on 70 and that's going to signal whatever the next phase of this is. So you just win win your 70-minute game, uh, which is 45 minutes one half and 25 minutes the other, as simple as that. I agree with that completely, but there's a... What would the crowd be like if it's 2-0 after 40? They would be absolutely on their backs. They wouldn't be. They wouldn't be support. Like it wouldn't be a right. We need to get this team over the line. It will be fifty thousand fellas from Madrid trying to kill them. So if we can create that situation, that would be a massive help. Like I, they also have the knowledge that the three 0 Chelsea will, in some ways, yeah. play in their head. The the PSG one last year as well, where they they were basically they were three one down to PSG on aggregate. I think weren't they? Yeah, with about 20 minutes to go. So this is a team that, to pull yourself out of positions that the Real Madrid have been in the last few years, they need to get themselves into them in the first place. This is, so everyone talks about like the miracles they put up with and, you know, we've done our own miracle stuff. For, for you to need a miracle, you need to be in a situation where you need a miracle in the first place and they've put themselves in bad positions on a fair few occasions. So 
But we've, also, just to, we've just got to try and do that again. But also, Phil, they haven't found, if we're trying to be positive about it, they, they also haven't found themselves in the inverse position. They did everything from the back foot last oh, season, That's exactly, exactly that. No, yes. did, no, no, Chelsea didn't. Chesley didn't. They were 3-1 up after the first leg. Just, uh, Madrid were. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. But, but, in but they got coaches, themselves, that's sort of what I mean, they got themselves into the inverse and that's They liked bring teams getting comfortable. They're, they are the comfortable team going yeah. into this. I'm not necessarily sure they are smoking cigars at 1-0 down at half-time, if that's what happened in the Bernabeu, because they know they're one goal away from a panic station. They also know there's a Liverpool side that just scored seven against Manchester United. They also know it's a Liverpool side that just got beat 1-0 against Bournemouth. Um, team will be the team that plays against United? Uh, yeah Elliot Henderson Fabinho midfield does anyone want to say it won't be that I think it might be something else I think it'll be Fabinho Henderson and another I'm just not sure who the other is I think I think even I thought the, the kid as we'll call him for, the, the, has, he's looked 18 a couple Pachetta. of times he did against Madrid Pachetta, he did yeah. against Madrid if we're being he did perfect, yeah that might play in so I, I, I could see it Fabinho Henderson Elliot yeah mm. I don't know I, I have a feeling he might do it but yes, I don't know I just I mean I, I haven't looked at the Real Madrid sort of um, injury news because I, I imagine that they've got the Cruz back potentially I don't know where two many is up mm. to like I mean any midfield that they put out is brilliant anyway isn't it so I just think for me like is Thiago anywhere near it no, no. no. so Who's I just it's, it's for me I just feel like what Bacetic gives you that Harvey Elliott doesn't it's just that little bit more of Thiago-esque um, the eye the, for the past, those little things, and I I would prefer to see that personally over Elliot, but I think it's much of a muchness in a way. The only thing on that is I think it's really hard to start with Fabinho, Henderson, and Pachetta because you've also got to assume that it's 120 minutes. Yeah, mm. if you start with those three, there's not a lot off, off the to bench come off in the terms bench. of no, you're right. Yeah, that's true, legs true. and diff- there's a lot to be yeah. asked of Milner there. I think to do after, two things. He's back there's in the not, fold. He's only oh, no, he's not eligible. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think it'll be that? Do I think it'd be that? Too? Yes, I do. I, I think I think Elliot will start with Fabinho and Henderson. I'm, I, I'm not... Are we 100% sure that Gakpo starts? I think we're pretty sure Salah and Nunes will. I'm not 100% sure Gakpo I starts. Would. He, had a, he had, didn't have a great, you know, bad game actually against Bournemouth. That's cool. I, I, it was. There was, I think there was so many... There were some glimpses against Bournemouth where he was trying. He was we dropping deep. And, yeah, p- yes. picking the ball up. He's very, very good in a greenish way at getting drawing three kicks. Bournemouth. I don't good. think he's a scapegoat for Bournemouth. And, and I think Gakpo no, was no, coming on week by week and you can see what he's trying to do by linking up that midfield and all the stuff that he's doing off the ball. Yeah, I wouldn't be unhappy, but I don't know. Okay, excellent stuff across the board. Um, apart from Saturday at 12.30, <laughs> which was dreadful. Um, <laughs> thank you very much indeed for Sam Walker for jumping in and producing uh, audio and video. Uh, Rob Gutman, uh, Phil Blundell, Lizzie Doyle. We had access at the start. Do check out that open day if it is something you are interested in. Do get stuck into all the app, all the obvious bits and pieces. Everything that you need post-match Madrid. What will you need post-match Madrid? Well, let's just go there and find out.